Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're converting people one stomach at a time to what fresh food can taste like. You use whatever you can use and respect every bit of it. You know, if it's in season, you use it. We need to study and we need to read and we need to know about our region and what it's doing before we can start putting things on dishes. Hello and welcome to the Quicksand Food Connection. Today I talked to Richard Kemp from Echelot Restaurant in Berrima. Echelot's been an institution in the Southern Highlands for many years. They've had their fair share of hats and they still hold hats today. Uh, Richard's a great guy. I really enjoyed talking to them. He's got a great philosophy. He works with the seasons and he creates innovative dishes using as much local produce as he can. And that's what I'm all about. Richard's also a really great boss uh, because he allowed three of his youngest chefs to develop recipes for the Southern Highlands cookbook. So the recipes that you see in the book were created by Richard's three youngest chefs. So during this conversation, I start with talking to Richard about the philosophy of Echelot and how it came to be where it is now. And then we bring in his three youngest chefs, Lucy, Phil and Lachlan, who all talk about the dishes that they developed for the Southern Highlands cookbook. I really enjoyed talking to these guys. They've all got a lot of passion and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Richard and the three young guns from Echelot Restaurant in Berrima. Thanks so much for being a part of the book. No problem, with. our pleasure. Yeah, um, you know, Echelot's been an establishment here in the Southern Highlands, an institution, if you will, maybe, for maybe. quite a while now. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us a bit about the, the beginnings? Yeah, sure. Um, I grew up in Sydney with, uh, you know, I have European parents and you know, we always had beautiful fresh food around the house and, and, you know, fresh eggs and fresh fruit. And I think when you grow up like that, um, you taste a fresh cucumber at five years of age. There's no going back from there. Yeah. So um, we always had beautiful food and, and a nice environment and music and laughter around the, around the kitchen table. So essentially, that's what you're seeing in my restaurant here. And um, we set up the restaurant in 2003, uh, originally in a little uh, hotel in Barrel. We moved the restaurant here in 2006. Um, and ever since then, we've just been doing what we do. And, you know, all these buzzwords of paddock to plate and all that sort of nonsense. We've been doing it for 12 years without the buzzwords, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just what I know. It's, I mean, that's why we've got gardens around the restaurant and we source as much local produce as we can. We write menus seasonally because I don't see the point of getting mangoes from Mexico in July, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, we just, I would like to call it modern European philosophy where it's, you know, if it's in season, you use it. And beautiful ingredients, show them respect, minimal intervention, and then 
you know, you got beautiful food. Yeah. I don't know, it's pretty simple, I think. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. And I guess when you start with produce and seasonality, it's mm. it's pretty easy, like, and you've got that attitude of treating treating the ingredients well and doing your best with it. Mm. But as you say, I mean, buzzwords have come in and food is something that trends and something that develops and changes and techniques are developed and stuff like that. I mean, you have been doing your thing here for a long time, but sort of... You know, what sort of inspiration do you use to, to stay relevant and stay with it, whether it be in technique or in presentation or anything like that? Or do you kind of try to come up with that mostly, you know, originally? Yeah, look, um, we've got to be relevant, obviously, because we're, we, uh, we live in a regional community. So a lot of our clientele come from bigger centres like Sydney and Wollongong and, mm-hmm. and Canberra. So they're, they're eating in, in the newest and greatest restaurants. So we take elements of what's happening in the marketplace, but the core value is always going to be the same. It still has to taste great. Yeah. And so we do sprinkles of modern techniques just to show people we can do it, but that's not the basis of, of our cuisine, you know. Mm. And I'm blessed. I've been a chef for many years, and, and now at 47, I've got um, you know young guys in the kitchen that are totally you know, pushing the envelope with all these modern techniques. So okay. they're my inspiration. That's you cool. Know? And, and I try to give them the space um, to come up with these ideas and then it's my job just to, to tweak it a little bit and put it into the echelon formula. Yeah. Because um, I know our clientele, some of them, you know, late 60s, early 50s, whatever it is, um, some of them just won't get the modern stuff. So, but they're, they're interesting. They'll, they'll try you know some new bits and bobs along the way yeah so it's a gradual process and and after 12 years of having the restaurant i've learned by trial and error what works and what doesn't work Mm -hmm. um but yeah the young kids inspire me all the time you know and that's the fun of it i mean i've had to let it let let the reins go and that's why their recipes are in this book because you know we are custodians of of knowledge and we pass it on to the next generation yeah and that's how we try and well how i try and view it anyway yeah that's awesome and how long have you had a hat for now? Uh, nine times. Nine hats. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And do you, like, I guess, I mean, it's been a long time now and you've been doing your own thing, but do you think since you since you started getting hats and now you're an established hatted restaurant mm. that there's a demand from customers or an expectation when they come in to see some interesting technique and to to, to see things that are on trend a little bit or, or, or do you just kind of do what you do? We do what we do and, and you know, we make mistakes like everyone else but there is a sense of expectation, 100%. Yeah. Especially when you get good reviews consistently and, and then someone already has this expectation like my restaurant's going to change their life. It's like yeah, you're missing okay. the point. Like yeah. <laughs> They're coming in looking for things to judge us on. Yeah, um, and that's why we've always we've sort of left the handbrake on all these years and we haven't pushed for two hats because with that comes a bigger sense of expectation and I just don't know if um, it's worth it you know like mm-hmm. for us to have my restaurant full and have my bills paid and, and my staff happy and, and you know we get one hat consistently year after year that tells people that that's our mark and that's what we believe in and I think for, I don't have any investors and I don't have a rich mummy and daddy so I've got to make this work so yeah um, so for me, having a full restaurant is more important than, you know, um, having tell, having people tell me how good I am and how talented I am. And, mm. you know, he's 17 hats. Like, I'm, it sounds a bit cheesy, but we believe in what we believe in. And if we get a hat, great. And if we don't, no big deal. It's not going to change the philosophy. Yeah, okay. You know, it yeah. might affect marketing slightly. Yeah. But the ones, the people that really chase the hats, they probably... You can see them when they come in here. Um, they're already on edge because they don't know how to relax. Like mm-hmm. it's not a big space; it's, it's an intimate house, 
and we've had people walk out because they're not in a big room where they can be seen you know yeah okay. like they're not at icebergs or something like that so they, they freak out yeah like we had two princesses sitting at this table last saturday best table in the house um, they sat down they looked around and they just got up and left without mm-hmm. having a mouthful of food wow it's bizarre yeah. Yeah, I guess a lot of people nowadays, unfortunately, eat out to be seen. And, yeah, yeah. and so they can put it on social media. You know, they see a restaurant with a hat and they go, we went to a hatted restaurant last night in Berrima and yeah. here's us out in front. Um, yeah, but as you say, I guess they're not there for the right reasons if, if, no, if they're it's not. not delivering for them. That's it. And we, I mean, we're fortunate we get a lot of very uh, wealthy and very um, famous people that come in here. And they come in here because they come in for the food and the space. And they don't need to be seen because they are yeah. seen. But they come in here because they love it, you know. Yeah. And they love the produce and they love the fact that our service staff are, um, you know, really well educated on the product. But we're approachable and we like laughing and carrying on. And, and that's what I think is the attraction for most of the people. Yeah. We still like, we're inner city food, but we've got the Southern Highlands hospitality. Yeah. And I, I think that running parallel to that's the space, like you mentioned, the, mm. the building that you're in and these intimate different rooms it feels like a country house mm. and very much placed in the thick of the historical town of Berrimer in the southern highlands mm-hmm. um and as i was talking to one of the young guys earlier it's sort of it's it, it having having the food that you're delivered as well is is there's a wow factor there because you're not in a setting that's you know polished concrete and trendy industrial lights and yep. all that sort of stuff with the hustle and bustle and you expecting everything to to look completely cutting edge Mm -hmm. but i think in a space like this when when you're delivered something so colorful and you know textural and and that sort of food that you do it's it's beautiful yeah cheers thank you and that's that's our philosophy to a t and then match that with some beautiful wines i've got amazing cellar which you've seen the cellar over the road um and you know it's i i would love to come and eat in this restaurant you know and that's how i try and how we try and run it you know um we're not super precious we're not uh, yeah we're focused on what we do but you know there's no yelling and screaming and carrying on and um we all love i'm fortunate that i have a crew that i want to be in hospitality this yeah. is not a second job for them so uh with that comes you know a nice sense of peace and calm and and we just go about our business and you know occasionally we get slammed in a review so be it you know people's expectations are you know, very diverse these days mm. um does it change our philosophy no if we got slammed by everyone every day for five weeks straight, well, then I'd know I'd, I was doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, but we still we still believe in our basic philosophy of just simple, beautiful, tasty food that looks cool. Yeah. You know. But the the, the presentation comes second. It still has to taste great. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've eaten, we've all eaten in restaurants that the food looks amazing, but it's lacking any depth of flavor or yeah. the balance isn't right or. Blah blah blah. So, mm. so flavor for me, and I try and tell these young guys flavor, and making sure that the the the, um, the key ingredients are handled properly and cooked properly. Yeah, that's more important. Like a beautifully cooked steak with chips is amazing. Of course, as opposed to you know, hundred day age dried wagyu, which has been slow cooked over charcoal, wood chips, macerated this and blah 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 blah, and it comes out burnt or it's overcooked or undercooked. Or the flavor combination doesn't work. Yeah, you know, it's just. A plate of technique and Correct. there's no concept to start with yeah exactly yeah um speaking about that then sort of do you want to give us a bit of an idea of your process of developing a dish for the menu oh well basically um it comes down to being the southern highlands you know we're we're a little bit away from the ocean so we do feature seafood but not pr- that's not our main uh, ingredients um so we we pick stuff that's 
grown locally, like lamb, spatchcock, duck, quail, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we just sort of toy with um, ingredients that are in season. And then I give the young kids space and I say, okay, well, let's, let's pick the proteins and these are the vegetables that are in season. Go nuts. Yeah. So I let them go and then we sit down and we have a bottle of wine and we talk and we come up with ideas and why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why would you add that texture to this? And if we go through every element, um, it teaches them how to compile dishes and yeah. then I just let them go and, and uh, they bring me what their perception is and then I can sort of tweak it or sometimes I don't have to. Sometimes I can... The guys that have been here for a couple of years, they get it. So nine times out of ten, they'll complete a dish and um, come back and I just sign off and away we go. Wow, that's pretty awesome. It's fun. Yeah. You can see it on their faces too. They, the first menu change, are a little bit nervous and then by two and three, they're, they've got the groove on and, yeah. and they can sort of understand the echelon philosophy. Now, that may change as they open their own places or go to different restaurants, but um, we've got a basic formula here, but it's pretty loose. Um, I don't you know, bark at these guys and tell them what they need to do. Um, you've got to give these young guys space and let, let the creativity come out. I was fortunate enough that I had owners um, that did, did that to me, so okay. it's only fair that I pass it on and give these guys a crack because I want to support them in their careers, and that's, once again, why... You know, they're going in your book and, and having this interview because I want to support them in their careers and I know they're not going to be with me forever. Yeah. So I want to be able to, to be that guy that's gave them a bit of a push and a head start and, you know, maybe one day when their restaurant's full and I'll make a call for a reservation and they'll let me in. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess that sort of thing, you know, menu, menu development isn't something they necessarily get in their formal training. No. It's something that a person like yourself has to has to instill in them and give them an idea of how it works. Yeah, to a point. I mean, they're, they're hungry um, and they're, they're going home and reading and researching. It's, I mean, it's a lot are, easier yeah. now than when, when I was an apprentice. Um, uh, we didn't have, you know, the internet. Um, but, but still, they read books and, and they're always seeing what all these other guys are doing. And, and they can get a little bit confused with all this stuff that's going on. Yeah. So my job, I guess, is just to put it into a little bit of a some form of structure for at least this this restaurant yeah um and they can understand my way of compiling dishes and that may change in the future but at least they'll get an understanding of how i put things together yeah and we're still in business and as i said nine hats so we're kind of doing yeah something right doing something right (laughs) yeah i mean i guess with any established restaurant in a place that gets the accolades like you've got um it all starts with someone like yourself having a vision of what you want to do and you know as you say you just want to make tasty food using good local produce Mm. and seasonal ingredients and then add a bit of flair here and there where necessary but it's such a simple concept and if that sort of thing can be explained to young chefs and things it gives them it gives them a pathway to to or, or maybe some confines to work within rather than you know some trendy place that does Asian, French, and North African fusion, or yeah, something yeah. like that. And there's confusion. so much there, exactly yeah. confusion. <laughs> and there's so much there that they don't understand the the real the real benefit and positivity in starting from a simple concept. Yeah. at a place like Echelon. Oh, look, I agree. Um, and that was always the vision: just simple, tasty food. And then we grew, and then we relocated, and then I bought out a business partner when we moved here. And at that point, I had to decide do I want to be in the kitchen or on the front of house? So um, getting to the front of house um, and running the business 
that's been a big learning curve for me. Mm, so definitely. as a chef to step out of the kitchen and then become an owner, then it becomes one hat, two hat, three hats. All of a sudden it becomes less about me. And now, as you said, an icon or whatever you want to call it, destination restaurant, yeah. the sense of responsibility for me is I've got now 12, 14 staff. They've got mortgages and children and it becomes less about, once again, less about me. It's about me driving this thing and keeping it going, mm. you know. So we, we do train the staff and we do keep people employed and we do buy wines locally. We support the local farmers. So I guess when I clicked over in my head, it's like, hang on a minute, put your ego aside, mate, and, and focus on, on developing this and for the region. It just changes things very dramatically. Um, but yeah, I have to occasionally get back in there and, as you said, go and give my young chefs a bit of, of you know, at least a guideline as to uh, whether, whatever concept it is, whether it is African food you want to do or Japanese food, keep it simple and strong. And and there's going to be peaks and troughs, and we've had many peaks and troughs. Um, and you've just got to keep going and going. And if you believe in it, um, that'll just keep getting, that'll keep dragging you out of bed every morning. Mm. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's challenge in any yeah. in any job, I guess. And I guess. Notably, like you're talking about how much you work with your chefs, how, how much you let them inspire you in what you do and mm. also, you know, have a bit of a rain on them but also let them sort of do their thing. It's not something that I've seen in a lot of chefs. I Like, you know, obviously there's a mixed bunch there but I've worked with chefs before that there's a lot of executive or head chefs who set very strict ground rules on what they do and they sometimes potentially have an attitude that they can't learn anything from people less experienced than them do you like obviously as as you've said you know you've had people come through that have had that attitude and it's just mm. like go away we don't want you here yeah. um is it is it is it hard to sort of pass that philosophy of learning from everyone around you onto other people that might be a bit more stuck in their ways <laughs> it's i think it's hard in life yeah you know um i was fortunate i traveled for 10 years and i studied a bit of psychology and conflict resolution and, and i think teaching or yeah getting people to 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 learn empathy is it's a very hard thing these days i mean because everyone's quite into themselves yeah what i find um if you can you know, show or take the time, especially with these apprentices, you know, they're going through what they're going through as young kids and they're not only learning about, you know, the career and they're learning about themselves and maybe they've moved out of home for the first time and, you know, that's a challenge in itself. And so I've got to be a counsellor as well as a an owner and a chef and, you know, it's very different. I mean, mm. we got barked at as apprentices yeah. and that doesn't work these days. So um, it is hard to teach people um, empathy. Um Maybe, yeah, some some guys are a lot more strict than I am. Um, I don't think it would work down here. Mm-hmm. It probably would work in a city because the, the pool more, of talent is yeah. is there. I can't afford to have chefs walk out every week because yeah. we'll, be, we'll be out of business. So I think it was a, a necessity that I learned how to be a better operator. For sure. Uh, and consequently, I found I'm a lot less stressed. Yeah, nice. I mean, I still get stressed, but um, <laughs> but I think if I'm not yelling and screaming all day, it's... It's a lot easier and a lot more. It's a lot more fun to just 
you know, joke around with my guys. And 100%. sure, occasionally I've got to sit them down and read them a riot act, but um, they're kids. I mean, what any business is exactly the same, even with adults, you know. Yeah. But um, I just, I, I'd rather die, you know, choking on a piece of foie gras than die of a stress of a heart attack, you know, because yeah. I'm yelling at my staff and going bright red in the face. I don't see the point of that. Mm. It's interesting because. I think maybe the mentality in hospitality and top-level dining is that for a restaurant to be highly successful, it almost requires that um, you know vision of a really strong personality and mm. someone someone who someone who drives everything and controls everything and who is a control freak and a perfectionist mm. and and does that. And I think it's refreshing to see that mentality where you can have that empathy and you can have that dialogue between yourself and people like who are less experienced than you and and that it works that it's come together to work for you well thank you um i'd like to think so i mean sure um maybe that's the difference between one hat and three hats possibly i I don't know possibly um well you get the stories of the three michelin star chefs and you know their notorious oh yeah nature and stuff obviously speaking painting with a broad brush but yeah yeah. you know you've all everyone's heard that sort of thing so yeah it's just not me i think um traveling for 10 years and learning about myself and i try and instill this with my kids is like you gotta learn a craft but learn about yourself because that will set you up to with what you want to do if you want to be a cafe chef for the next 20 years great you know, if you want to be a three Michelin star chef, great. But learn about yourself first, because once you learn about yourself, then you'll make better choices in the future. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, we're going to leave that for there cool. for now, and then we'll get the young fellas in. All right, guys. Well, like, we've got the young guns from Echelot with us. Thanks all for being here. And thanks for developing these dishes to contribute to the book. I think it's a pretty awesome opportunity for you guys to be able to contribute to something like this. And you've got a pretty... Pretty awesome boss to let you do it as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, all right. he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you I shouldn't be in the room. <laughs> get an honest answer from him. <laughs> um, I guess we'll just talk about the food, guys. So, Phil, do you want to start with telling us about what you put up with us today? You might just want to come a little yeah, bit Yeah, sure. All right. So I did quail ham, cucumber, sour cream, Earl Grey and... Zucchini flowers. Uh, you no, cucumber flowers. flowers. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I sat. I, don't know, I was in the kitchen last week and was just writing shit down like I usually do. I just. I saw. I worked at a place. I worked at Biota before here. I remember watching quails run through the garden. Yeah. Because we had a whole live quail, like wild quails running through, and I just I don't know. We'll see about that, and just and that sort of came to me. Nice. That's about it. That's that's yeah. literally it. And. Quail ham. Tell us about that. How do you make it? So I cure it in equal parts sugar salt yep. with it, and then Earl Grey tea and lemon balm. Yeah. And then just leave that overnight and then leave that once you've finished it, wash it and dry it for about three to four days. Nice. And that's it. And that's it. Clean. And the cucumber? Cucumber. So cucumber is done two ways. One's essentially pickled in lime juice and sugar. Then one's pickled in Pedro, Jimenez and cherry. Nice and then the flowers are just fresh beautiful and then there's diced cucumber throughout the old grey as well yeah cool that's it yeah very nice um Richard was sa- Richard was saying to me when I was talking to him before that he gives you guys a bit of freedom in the in the kitchen yeah, he does yeah. yes and I'm sure that's something that you all enjoy Lachlan you want to tell us a bit about sort of you know like what was the conversation like when he when you first started working here and he said okay well you take over now 
yeah it's pretty daunting i guess that you can't stuff up yeah um but he does sign off on every dish of course nothing ever goes on the menu without his approval yep so um yeah but it's it's fun it's great being creative and uh we're all very creative all of us so we're constantly creating new things and it's fun it's great yeah yeah and you have fun in there yeah, we have lots of fun. You seem like you've got a good relationship. You work well as a team. Yeah, we do, yeah. It's we great. can't be in there without being a happy family. That's yeah. good. So, yeah. Yeah. so we're in yeah, there nice. all day, all night. So yeah. Yeah, if there's something wrong, it's not going to work. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that I miss about working in kitchens is that community that you've got with people. Like I'm yeah. in publishing business now, but um, just having the same people alongside you day after day, you get to know each other really well and you mm. shoot the shit all day while you're you know, chopping onions or yeah. picking basil or yeah. whatever you might be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like fun. Well, Lachlan, do you want to tell us a bit about what you made for us today? Uh, yeah, it was just a really simple uh, sashimi of salmon. Yeah. Uh, where's our salmon come from, Phil? Tasmania. Tasmania, yeah. It's really, really good. Nice. Really nice. Uh, all our fish comes in whole. Yeah. So it's all super fresh. Um, and I served with uh, the salmon roe. It's uh, been lightly smoked and uh, we put it into dashi. Mm-hmm. which is uh, made with kombu and um, shavings of dried bonito um, and then we smoke it in that um, and then we reduce the dashi down and, and dress the whole dish with that lightly, very lightly yeah. and a uh, whole selection of different beach plants all grown wild down in Shore Harbour about 40 minutes from here yeah yeah and, and you, uh, you go pick them all yourself we do Phil does a lot of it Phil's very good with foraging yeah nice yeah that sounds like fun. Mm. How did you how did you get into that, or how do you learn the different varieties down there? I mean, there's so much on the coast. Yeah, it's just through experience, and like Phil and I both worked at Biota, so yeah. we both did a fair bit of foraging. Yeah, um, and it's just through that, and through wanting to know, I guess, just passion, mm-hmm. wanting to know about it, and reading books and studying, and yeah, identifying different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I guess with the dashi using Japanese influences and things like that, do you sort of take a bit of inspiration from all different types of cuisine if you yeah all different yeah. yeah it's great being modern Australian yeah. so we can draw from anything yeah yeah it's, it's great it's yeah, not really a cool. select thing modern yeah. Australian it's not quite yeah. yeah what's the word it's very open yeah it's, it's, very interpretation. Open. it's open interpretation yeah. 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 yeah 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 that's really cool being, being summertime now we can draw on those sort of influences being really fresh and, and uh, very light dishes Japanese yeah. food's fairly light exactly so, yeah and when you've got when you've got fresh seafood I mean the Japanese have been doing that for generations, yeah. you know, treating treating their seafood with the utmost respect, like I'm sure you guys do here, as you say, bring all your fish in whole, yeah. and putting it with just fresh things that complement it, not overpowering it with any of your sauces, garnishes, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess you probably try to do the same thing with all your dishes, not just seafood or, you know, Japanese flavours. Yeah, all the dishes have a ton of thought put into them. There's nothing on the plate for no reason. Of course. Every leaf, every flower, every bit of garnish is all yeah. it all goes with the dish. It all tastes right. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the other leaves you had on yours and the flowers you had nasturtium. Yeah, nasturtiums, yeah. So they they actually grow wild on the coast as yeah. well. Um and we picked them, they got a slight pepperiness, they're really well with the fish. Um and the radish pods we spoke about. Once yeah. the radish plants go to seed, they produce the pod. And those pickled are really, really nice, really yeah. fresh, add a little uh, acidity to the dish. What sort of pickle do you use for that? Uh, just simple white wine uh, vinegar, yeah. sugar and water. Just really simple, equal parts. Nice. Really nice, yeah. Awesome. And what else? You had some bronze fennel. Yeah, bronze fennel, fennel yeah. and fish, classic. Yeah. Um, we had the radish flowers as well, slight pepperiness. Yeah. Um, and, the, and then the, the beach greens, you had beach bananas. Yeah, beach bananas, sampire and uh, sea spray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I 
you know, like over the last five years or something, those sorts of things have come into prominence a bit. And yeah. it's really cool because, I mean, they've all got such a different flavor profile, but at their essence have that ocean yeah, flavor yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is something awesome that you can put on the plate. And I suppose now you'd still probably be finding people who haven't had that sort of thing. Yeah, we get that every day. Yeah. yeah. It's funny when you're a kid, you remember eating it when you were a kid, thought it was horrible. And it's yeah. like, oh shit, we serve it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, I, I, I lived down on the south coast down near Bateman's Bay for quite a while. And, um, you know, we used to pick stuff out of the dunes on our way down to the beach, mm. surfing like pig face and like all sorts of other things that yeah. were there and just eat it just because it was there and we'd be like oh we've got some bush tucker here mate and, yeah. and then you start seeing it on menus like wow yeah, yeah. fair yeah. enough that's good it's yeah there's a lot of stuff like that now especially across Australia yeah yeah. yeah. I think big, big, big push for it now foraging I guess is like it's a buzzword now yeah but yeah. um it's still in it's infancy very much like people are still discovering new things every day that, mm. that could be you know growing out on the side of the yeah. road or yeah whatever and I mean Indigenous Australians have been doing it for years and it's cool to see you talk about um, modern Australian food mm. and about how broad that is because you can use influences from other cultures yeah, but it's yeah. really cool to see people now taking on board what Indigenous cultures have done in this country yeah. for a long time into their menus yeah. and and using a lot of native stuff as well. Yeah, we do a fair bit of that. Yes. Yeah. On our menus we have uh, all kinds of native ingredients. Phil uses uh, Muntries, which is a new thing to this menu, which is great. It's a little tiny uh, native sour apple. It's really, really delicious. Serves it with our kangaroo dish, actually. Yeah. It's uh, rolled in uh, mountain pepper. Native pepper. Yeah, native pepper, yeah. yeah. So it's a real native dish. Awesome. Really, really good. Um, one of the other dishes, we use saltbush, which grows on the coast as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's delicious. I love that leaf. Tastes mm. so much like the ocean. It's great. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to Lucy and the awesome dessert dish you gave us today. Do you want to give us a bit of an idea of what was there? Yeah, so um, flavours of coffee, cherries and almonds. Yeah. So coffee and um, cherries has been an influence to me because one day I ate a cherry that was actually slightly off and it gave a, cher- a coffee flavour to it. Awesome. So I thought, well, that would be pretty interesting to put on a dish and... It actually worked really well. Um, yeah. I haven't had a lot of influences on the past menus because I have I'm quite new to this. Yeah, okay. So what your second year? Second apprentice? year, yes. Yeah. So okay, cool. um, it's great to work here because I get a lot of creativity come out of me that yeah. I've never thought that I would have had before. But That's great. Yeah, the I've had a couple of dishes on this menu which I'm pretty proud to have. That's awesome. And it's yeah. it's great. And this one's my favourite actually. So um, coffee cherries and we had a clove sponge yep. just to give it some body and give it some substance and fresh cherries and almond crumb and then we did a almond infused ice cream with a cherry swirl through it and then uh, pulled ice malt shards which is pulled sugar. Mm-hmm. Wow. So... That's awesome. I mean, for a second-year apprentice, I guess you've been thrown in the deep end at some points by the sound of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but it's it's been sink or swim for me, and I suppose I've... She swam. I she swam. swam. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You still afloat. So, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, and not only sort of thinking about the flavour combinations on the plate, but there's also a bunch of technique there, which is 
it's something that takes years to learn and mm. it's not not always something that you'd like a lot of people are still learning how to cook a good piece of fish in their second year you know so absolutely yeah. yeah and i i do a little bit of savory stuff but i prefer desserts but yeah. um you know i always jump on with these guys to see what they're doing just so that i can get a grasp of a little bit of everything because it's it's good to know so when you go to another place, you go, hey, I can do that. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're a pastry chef. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's a really good experience here. So I'm very lucky to be yeah, here. Yeah, that's cool. And, I mean, with a boss like Richard and guys like Lachlan and Phil around you, you're obviously all so passionate about food. So it must just be a, a nice little, you know, evolving thing and it's just feeding itself and you all feed off one another with creativity yeah. and ideas and, you know... I've learned everything I know from these guys and Richard and the last few guys that have been here, but you know, I wouldn't be able to do it without them. So awesome! Did you start your apprenticeship here? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, last year, no, the year before. Sorry, I've been here two years now. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a growing experience. For and, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, I was saying to Richard before that there's not many chefs that sort of let his younger staff take like have as much input and control as, as, as he does with you guys. Yeah, so we always talk about that, cool. actually, how young this we are. This is the first place I've ever done. I've worked in a lot of kitchens, and this is the first mm. place I've ever been allowed. We're all under so. 25, running yeah. a half a mark off two hats restaurant. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, do you guys, I mean, we'll start with you, Phil. Is there anywhere where you see yourself going with food or, you know... Are you going to sort of play it by year, or you've got some no, goals? No, I've got I've got a goal, and it's already. I'm off to Europe. Come back, open my own place. That's really? It. That's it. When do you go? I'm aiming for early next year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm aiming for like January, February next year, and then three years there, and then come back. Nice. And I have my own place. Awesome. And go you back come back to the islands. I don't know. I haven't thought that far yet. I know it's too young. Doesn't matter. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I just want to cook. Yeah. That's good. I think um, it's it's a rite of passage for someone, yeah. that, you know, where you're at at the moment probably is to yeah. head over and start experiencing that whole thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Pretty it exciting. works in my favour, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you, Lachlan? Uh, yeah, similar. I'd like to do a bit of travelling, learn different things and see different places and stuff. But yeah, definitely own my own restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to do that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Man, it's... um. It's, I told you before you write me a big check mate you can have this one <laughs> <laughs> I, offered you, I offered you 50 bucks <laughs> <laughs> but it was a check not cash <laughs> um, yeah I mean it's awesome to see people with such a passion for food and then even at this young age you know that you want to own your own restaurant because working at a place like this and some of the other experience that you've got you know the sacrifices that it mm. takes to, to do this job and to run a place like this and obviously <laughs> well they've seen a bit of it they've seen this they've scratched the surface of it so yeah. the stress on my face yeah. yeah but um you know it's it's that sort of passion that makes restaurants good you know yeah. people who you know don't just jump into it thinking having this idealistic idea of what owning a restaurant is and mm. and, and that sort of thing they have a bit of a reality of what it's like mm. and it's a true passion that if you if you know you're willing to make those sacrifices and you know you know you're going to be doing 80 hours a week when you open or more yeah you know you're going to be working hard every day and that's it but it's that passion for food that makes places great why else do you cook but to work hard Mm. exactly it's not worth having if it's not hard yeah and what about yourself lucy obviously yeah well yeah Yeah, well i'm planning on just finishing my rest uh, finishing my apprenticeship here and going 
overseas to see all the different kinds of food and how they do it and um, yeah I just, I'm not sure I haven't really planned much I'm just gonna go where the wind takes me yeah. I want to go overseas definitely but yeah. is pastry is pastries and sweets and something something you thinking about pursuing yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah I, I'm actually going to France for a couple of days in in about a month a couple of and days yeah just uh where i'm going to amsterdam to see <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> i'm going I'm to amsterdam with my yeah, yeah. Give, her her her, give her at least a week off <laughs> <laughs> no i'm taking three weeks off and i'm going to amsterdam to see all my old family and we're stopping over in france because okay. that's what i wanted to do yes i'm dutch are you yeah, cool i won't hold it against you <laughs> <laughs> richard's partner's dutch as well oh really yeah oh, there you go yeah, 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 yeah. Half Dutch, half Greek. Yeah. The Dutch one. I'm half Serbian, half Dutch. Serbian? Yeah. Oh, very stable. At least you're not Croatian as well, because then we've got serious issues. Anyway, guys, look, thanks so much for contributing to it, and you do an awesome job, and it's awesome to see young guys with such an awesome passion for food. And thanks, Richard, for having us again. And you know, instilling values in young guys like this that will pass on for more generations of chefs to come. So thank you. Thank you to the whole thank team you. here at Echelot. Thank you. All right. Pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Great guys. Pleasure. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to the Quicksand Food Connection. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking to Richard. He's a great bloke. And I really enjoyed talking to Phil, Lachlan and Lucy, the young chefs who developed dishes for the Southern Highlands Cookbook. It's amazing to see such passion and enthusiasm from such young people. All of them are under 25 and all of them really know their way around food and they're really passionate and enthusiastic about it. So it was a privilege to get to talk to these guys. I really enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about Echelot or make a booking, you can go to echelot.com.au and do that online. Or you can also search for Echelot restaurant on Facebook when you can get more details of them. If you want to find out more about us, you can go to our website, quicksandfood.com, or you can also find us at Quicksand Food on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to listen to more episodes of the Quicksand Food Connection, you can download them all for free on our website, which is www.quicksandfood.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.